G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Amanda Stoker, along with Parliamentary colleague Luke Gosling, uh, coordinating the National Prayer Breakfast. And Senator Amanda Stoker is joining us from her Brisbane office today. How are you? I'm very well, Matt. Thank you for having me on the show. It's great to have you with us. And uh, I'm just... uh, uh, you know, curious to know a bit of your backstory. Now, I've had you on the radio here before. Some of our listeners may have heard a bit of your story, but let's find out a bit more about you first. Whereabouts were you born and raised, and what was your upbringing like? Well, I was born in Liverpool in the uh, southwestern suburbs of Sydney, and I grew up in Campbelltown, um, went to school in, in Glenfield, and I'm the daughter of a plumber and a shop assistant, and they ran their own plumbing business from home while raising my sister and I. Um, we, well, I grew up during the, the 80s and 90s, which um, many people will remember was during the recession we had to have, in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was one of those kids that probably observed too much, saw too much, and um, I was intrigued by how parents who... Um, lived by great Christian values, who uh, did everything right in terms of taking responsibility for themselves nevertheless struggled. And I compared it to how they flourished during the Howard years and was fascinated by um, how government policy could make such a difference to the lives of ordinary families like mine. And that led me to read and become much more aware of um, how these things work. And as I've grown as an adult, it's become a, a bigger and bigger part of my life. But these days, um, my husband, Adam, and I uh, have our own family. We, we live in the western suburbs of Brisbane. I'm a mum of three. We've got three beautiful girls. Um, we're, we're a Christian family. And um, we're doing our best to make sure that the, the principles that helped a family like mine growing up to, to succeed and have real choices about um, how they live their lives and how they help the community around them are made possible for families right throughout Queensland. Well, it's wonderful to hear a little bit of your backstory, and I'm just so uh, blessed to be able to connect with you again. You know, I've been part of uh, many different prayer meetings over the years, praying for God to raise up good godly leaders in our nation, and I reckon you're one of the answers to those prayers, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, tell us a bit about your faith journey. Were you, were you raised in a religious household, or did, did that happen later in life? Um, look, we were baptised as Anglicans, and we went to Sunday school and the like. Um, but in terms of where faith really grew for me, it was as a, um, as a young person towards the end of high school, going to church with my friends. Um, and finding that um, uh, God's love and peace was such um, a wonderful help for all of the um, ups and downs and anxieties of being a young person, and that led me to uh, get to know the Bible a lot better and make serving Him a big part of my life. And then um, I met my husband, and he was on a similar journey, and we made a commitment together. 
that um, our marriage would be one with God at the head of it and that he would be um, the, the purpose of our lives. Mm. And we've never looked back. It's been wonderful. Fantastic. And what about your career? What kind of work were you doing before uh, you became a poly? Immediately before I went for pre-selection, I was a barrister here in Brisbane, um, although I did cases kind of everywhere. <laughs> and I was practicing in um, a mix of administrative law, commercial law and corporate crime. And I was teaching in the School of Business and Law at Central Queensland University. Uh, before I started my own business as a barrister, I'd been a prosecutor for the Commonwealth. And um, as a Christian, that's always challenging, right? Because there's a real tension between the need for accountability and the urge for forgiveness. And, um, you know, I found that really interesting and, mm. and really um, a good journey to go on as, as a Christian and as a lawyer. But... Um, before that, I was working for a big firm of lawyers in Sydney doing corporate work and had done a, an associateship with a justice of the High Court in Canberra. So I've had a really wonderful career, but there just came a time where um, my husband and I had been deeply frustrated with a number of, in particular, the cultural issues that were challenging our country as of about two to three years ago. And... I'd been at a number of uh, members of parliament and, and leaders in our community in, in various capacities to step up and be a bit more courageous on um, matters from issues of gender and the nature of the family, the nature of marriage, those sorts of things. And I just wasn't getting the joy <laughs> that I was hoping for in, in those conversations. And there was a night when my husband said, you know, Amanda, you might have to do this. Um, anyway, so we, we prayed on it, we reflected on it, and um, the rest is uh, a lot of work, but also history. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Well, you know, I, I'm reminded of a story that I heard from uh, Mark Robinson. He's a, a Christian-based MP for the LNP in Queensland, and he, he preached at my church, actually, and shared the story that he felt drawn into politics because the battle had come to him. And he, he used the story from the one of the latest Star Wars movies where there was, you know, a couple of characters in the movie that didn't want to go and fight, but the, 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 the war came to them and they just had to fight. And then they found out they had superpowers. <laughs> I thought, what a great example. And he said, that's what happened. The culture war came to him and he no longer could uh, sit back. He had to engage. And then he found that when he did speak up, there was a whole bunch of people that were supporting him, and he ended up getting elected. And you know, he's he's a, a great uh, a great leader in in my opinion. Um, did you find there was a sense of calling for you, and you were drawn into the battle yourself as well? Yeah, it, it's a real calling. Um, and, I, and I often I often say this. Um, I hope people won't take it the wrong way, but I often say no sane person would take on this job, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> for someone like me, it is less time with my family, it's a pay cut, you um, kind of half the country thinks you're the worst thing in the world and um, that's the product of you doing your very, very best for them. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's got a lot of drawbacks, but you don't, you don't do it for, um, for, for the titles or for remuneration. It really is a calling. And um, I felt drawn in the same way. Um, but I also felt really supported. I've got this belief that um, God doesn't send you anywhere that he, he won't prepare you and protect you. And 
he has done just that. But if I had any doubt that it was a calling, <laughs> which I didn't really, <laughs> I arrived um, in the Senate thinking, okay, I'll find my feed and see how we go. And almost straight away, we had um, a challenge to the place of prayer in the Senate. We had the rights of Christian schools under attack and we had um, a renewed push for um, more liberal abortion laws here in Queensland. And I thought, whoa, God, mm. <laughs> okay, I get the message. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but you, you, need, you need people who are prepared to stick their neck out on this stuff. And mm. so I've done my best to be true to that. And, um, and he's never let me down. He never does. That's absolutely wonderful to hear your story. And now, now you're coordinating the National Prayer Breakfast, uh, and it's going to be available uh, for people to join in online through uh, the website citybibleforum.org. They can register there. Tell us how you, you came into this role. It's a real honour to be a co-chair of the Parliamentary Christian Fellowship. It's, um, it was something I was asked to do by a um, colleague I really um, respect, the former chair, um, former co-chair of the Parliamentary Christian Fellowship, a senator by the name of David Fawcett, who is a very faithful man. And um, he and Deb O'Neill from the Labor Party had been chairing it for a number of years. And... I thought, well, what a great opportunity that is to be able to bring together people from different political colours um, in the name of one really important thing on which we all agree, and that is that um, that faith matters, that God plays an important role in guiding this nation, and that Christian people deserve to be heard in our polity. And... It's been a really great opportunity. There's, um, I think in the time that I've been there, which as I say is about two and a half years, there has been more people being open about their faith now um, than when I started, and I think that's wonderful. There's also, I think, more and more cooperation between people who identify um, as Christian from from different political tribes um, to work together on the things that are... um, important to these cultural and and faith issues. So it's particularly a challenging time for people who are on the Labor side. Their party's taken um, a bit of a turn that means a a good segment of them are really hostile to religion at this point in time um, for a bunch of reasons that, you know, they can explain. That's that's not really a matter for me. But those that do have faith really need support. Mm. And so it's it's great to be able to get to know and build up and um, help people who um, who are Christians who want to bring that out through their political perspective, but are finding that challenging. So um, it's it's been wonderful. But every year we um, have a national prayer breakfast among our other activities, which are more. Um, more subdued, I suppose, they're smaller. <laughs> and we bring together uh, people from all different parliamentary traditions, all different roles in our in our nation's leadership, everything from um, we had the Governor-General come and speak to us last year, um, the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition speak each year. And we have a guest speaker this year in 
um, Dr. Meredith Lake, who has an expertise in um, history, faith and culture. She's written a book on the Bible in Australia and she hosts um, the Soul Search program on ABC Radio National. And she's, she's very learned as an honorary associate of the Department of History of Sydney University. So she's going to be talking about that connection between history, faith and culture and what that means for who we are as a nation. And importantly, it's a chance for people from all walks of life, all different Christian traditions and indeed other faiths to come together um, and pray. Pray for those people in our community who are doing it really tough. And we know that 2020 has been a hard year for many, many people um, to provide support for those people who are struggling a range of issues, um, everything from, from bushfires to business difficulties and employment difficulties associated with COVID, health challenges, um, and the flow-on effects for um, people who um, don't have as much with which to cope with um, the disruption of something like COVID to our economy. It's a chance to pray for uh, wisdom in the leadership of our country and for the goodness of God to be honoured and supported by what we do and it's an opportunity to pray for Australian culture to be genuinely tolerant so that um, it's not just about the colour of one's skin or one's sexuality but it's also about different belief systems mm. and our ability to coexist and help one another um, and that includes helping people um, by tolerating and understanding and appreciating people. Uh, so, Amanda, if people do want to get involved, uh, they can actually host it in their local community and invite their local MPs along. That's a great idea, hey? What's really exciting about this year's format um, is that because we've had to adapt with COVID and go online, people don't need to be able to get to Canberra in order to be a part of it. And with so many important issues for Christians on the agenda, it's a great opportunity to bring together people um, who are in your own network, get together for breakfast, whether it's um, at someone's home, in a church hall, in a cafe, but invite along people who um, need to know about how important these things are to you and provide support for them to make wise decisions that take into account um, all the different needs of our community. It's a great way to provide a positive, supportive influence in a way that's consistent with your beliefs. So uh, you, can, you can get together, have a cup of tea or coffee, have some breakfast and um, invite along people in your community who you think would benefit from prayer but also who um, need to hear the Christian voices around them. You know, I remember going to the National Prayer Breakfast probably 10 years ago, it would have been, and uh, I remember sitting there and there was Tony Abbott there at one table and Christopher Pine at another and a bunch of guys from the Labor Party and I don't know if I saw any of the Greens there, but there was a whole bunch of people from different political <laughs> spheres there and uh, I was just so excited to see them, you know, get up and some of them get up and, and shared a prayer and some of them gave a speech, you know. Um, for those who don't know how it works in the morning, what's the format? The format is that we um, we all get online. There will be um, a welcome from Luke Godling and I, and then we will hear from um, the Prime Minister, 
um, who is a, a great Christian man and um, very open about his faith. It's, it's wonderful leadership for our country, in my view. And then we'll hear from the Leader of the Opposition, who will contribute some reflections as well. Then we'll hear from our um, guest speaker. And then we have an opportunity to to pray. So there'll be some prayers led from um, those who are in Canberra, but there'll also be opportunities for your group um, gathered together to share what's on your mind and your heart. And um, in that way, we can all be involved in supporting the kind of good Christian leadership this country needs so much. Absolutely wonderful. And, you know, this weekend gone, there was a National Solemn Assembly that the National Day of Prayer and Fasting had led, and I joined in a couple of times on Zoom across the weekend. Uh, in particular, it was great to see lots of Indigenous elders and pastors praying for the healing of the land. Uh, it's, uh, are you seeing a rise of prayer uh, more and more in your circles, Amanda? Because I certainly am. <laughs> I've seen it um, over the, the last two and a half years. There's been a steady increase. Mm. I think people feel a little bit freer to openly pray than they did during that sort of really tense tinderbox time around um, the same-sex marriage debate. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, there has been a bit of a shift too associated with our Prime Minister being openly Christian and people feel like it's a little more welcome now. Mm -hmm. I think also, though, the, the country facing a bunch of challenges has made many people um, intensify yeah. the degree to which they pray, and that's a wonderful thing. It's also made some people who have drifted from their faith um, revisit it. Mm. And uh, what a blessing that is too. Absolutely. And we've got Marguerite from Rockhampton on the line. How are you, Marguerite? Oh, well, thank you. How are you? Good. Have you got a question or a comment for Senator Amanda? Hi, Marguerite. Well, I don't... Hey, Amanda. Um, I just want to express my heartfelt gratitude to you um, as a Christian, from one Christian to another. Sometimes it just feels so... Um, depressing to sort of see all these atheist people that are in the government getting away with what they get away with. We know that God's bigger than them and with you in there, I just wanted to thank you so much and to thank every other Christian politician that we have in the country. That is I just so wanted kind. To, uh, thank, thank you so much. Just from the bottom of my heart, I just think, you know, there's sometimes we're out of reach of being able to speak to the politicians themselves. So I just wanted to let you know how much um, I appreciate you and every other Christian would appreciate you being so outspoken and stand up for God. That's just wonderful. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Well, I think it's funny, <laughs> Marguerite. Um, when, when my husband and I um, had sort of prayed and thought about whether or not to accept this calling from God, um, I had prepared myself, sort of put on my armour, expecting people to be really quite horrible, right? Expecting all of those um, who really seem to want to give Christian people a hard time. Um, I prepared myself for all of these arrows to come my way. And the experience I've had 
has been um, just such a wonderful surprise. There has been so much kindness, so much warmth from people um, who are of a lovely heart and of um, great kindness all over the country. And um, I can't help but think that's one of God's ways of encouraging um, people like me and and colleagues with with a similar approach to keep on going and doing his work. So, um, do you know? Do you know? Easy. I was going to tell you. I was going to say to you, put on your armor. But do you know what? God's put your armor on for you. He's going well, before you. He's he's leading. He's he's going before you. I can, you know, if you're getting that response, you know, you are his child, and and he's got you there, and. You know, whatever he says, you jump up and you do it. You know, I mean that that is incredible. I just I just thank you for that because you've really given me um, a, a, a view of how when you approach people, how God's leading you. He's before you. He um, he really does smooth the path, and um, when you're when you're doing things that appear hard with um, a heart that is all about him. It's my experience that he makes hard things much, much easier. And oh, uh, I, I guess that's... Sorry. Faith. That's faith. That's, that's, that's your faith. And, and, and it's, just, it's just so wonderful. And I can't... Whenever things look like they're going to be really, really hard, I think of Esther, you know, and you were made for such a time as this. And... Um, and he really does make it easy. So, um, you know, it, it's a real privilege. If I can share one more little thing with you, Marguerite, um, it's this, and I hope the PM won't mind me sharing this, but um, he and I and, and a few others were having a chat a little while ago, um, and he said something along the lines of, um, there are some people who say that um, God doesn't belong in this place. He said, but I don't know how people do God, do this place without God. <laughs> um, and I thought, yeah, that's exactly right. This place, as in Parliament, and Parliament service would be harsh and hostile and difficult if you didn't have God by the side. But we do. And um, what a privilege that is. We've seen those heads rear up and we've seen kings that have not being with God and we've seen what happens to them and this is our country and we want it to be God's country and we want him to fight and all the politicians to fight for our country to be God's country. It belongs to God, this country. Yep, and we want to worship God here. <laughs> Wonderful. Good on you, Marguerite. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you. No, thank, thank you, God, Marguerite. Yeah, thank you so much. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. Maybe you've got a question or a comment or an encouragement for Senator Amanda Stoker, who is our guest uh, for the next 20 minutes. And uh, Amanda, you know, I, I did have the privilege of meeting uh, Scott Morrison, our Prime Minister, uh, a while back. Uh, Bert Van Menen, uh, the member for Ford, had a, a special business lunch and somehow I got an invite and uh, I, 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 I got up and had a shook his hand and said g'day and said, mate, I'm a pastor of a local church. I work for a Christian radio station and we're praying for you. And you know what he said? Mate, we need all the prayer we can get. Thank you so much. <laughs> and it's true. Um, and he he lives by it. He's mm. a wonderful man. And um, Bert's a bird of a feather. He's 
Um, he's a very, very faithful man too. Um, I'm glad he was able to make that opportunity happen. Very mm-hmm. good. Absolutely. Now, um, we're, we're going to take calls. Call through anytime, 1-800-316-316. Before we go to our next caller, I do just want to quickly pick your brain about the Queensland election coming up in October sure. 31. Interesting date because it's Halloween. It's also uh, Reformation <laughs> Day, which is the Martin Luther celebration. Uh, also, the, the commemoration of the Battle of the Light Horse uh, in Jerusalem. Yeah. Uh, so it's a fascinating day in history. Uh, do you think there's going to be a change in government in Queensland? Do you think the LNP might... Uh, might, might knock out Anastasia Palaszczuk? Um, I think there is a real momentum building for change in this state. Um, the The uncertainty of COVID-19, I think, um, temporarily gave the Premier a bit of a boost. But the fundamentals of this state government remain very weak. We went into this crisis with over $100 billion worth of state debt and really nothing to show for it. None of the big infrastructure projects that are needed to set up our state for um, prosperity and the ability to um, pull everyone up with us um, had been invested in for a really long time. Um, we've seen some really radical social engineering type legislation, everything from um, you know, quite, quite horrendous bills around... Um, what, what they call conversion therapy, um, which really is a bit of a misnomer because um, nobody's trying to um, use force or painful ways to stop people from being gay, which is what people pretend. Um, but what it does do is prevent um, doctors and psychologists from being able to provide um, good, supportive assistance to people who are struggling with matters like gender and sexuality. Um, it's very, very sad that we would deny care to people who are um, vulnerable and struggling in our community. Um, it, it's really quite abhorrent. And when you add that to the rather extreme abortion laws um, were introduced in this state um, over the course of the last year to, to cheers and hoops of celebration from those in Labor, um, there really is something rotten going on there. Uh, I was... I was reflecting the other day that it was 1989 that we had the Fitzgerald Commission of Inquiries report handed down and it was supposed to be a new era of integrity and transparency for this state. But when we look at the current government, we've got people who um, are letting their staff take you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of um, government money without declaring conflicts of interest. We've got deputy premiers rerouting rail projects past properties they haven't declared. We've got um, the fiddling of our very democracy, changing the voting system, making it so that one side can raise money but the other side can't. One side can have signage up. Um, you know, 100 signs to less than 10 on the other side. You know, people will go to the election booth going, wow, there's, there's Labor everywhere and, and nothing else from the other side. And that's because they're now confined by law from their ability to be equally present. Um, these are the kinds of things that go to the heart of whether we are a free, balanced, transparent democracy. And, you know, if, if someone on the conservative side had done what they had done, there'd be riots in the street, there'd be protests every day, um, but not a whimper from, from those on the left at the moment. It really does trouble me greatly. Mm. And in circumstances where they've confined the ability of um, Parliament to sit, 
so that it sits for far fewer hours these days, there really is very limited opportunity for um, this government who um, have been really quite um, really quite extreme in some of their beliefs to be properly held to account. And um, the the lawyer in me, the, the person that um, really cares about our institutions because it is respect for our institutions that secures our freedom, um, I'm deeply troubled. And I think that there are thinking Queenslanders right across the state who feel the same way. Mm. Well, it's certainly one to watch, and I know there's lots of people praying for, for uh, Queensland, uh, particularly in this upcoming election, October 31. Uh, good to hear your thoughts, Senator Amanda Stoker. We do have a couple of calls coming through. If you want to join the conversation, call on 1-800-316-316. We've got Darshan from Gaira in New South Wales. How are you, Darshan? Yeah, yeah, good, thanks, Matt. Uh, how are you, uh, Amanda? Hi, Darshan, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, really good, Amanda. I really enjoyed the, um, yeah, the, the conversation this morning. Um, um, yeah, I just wanted to ask a question, um, yeah, because with, uh, with the COVID, uh, with all this, the COVID crisis going on, um, like uh, I think one good point is people are sort of going back to basics, going back to things they know and, 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 um, and uh, sort of, um, yeah, sort of going back to basics. And, and uh, when with uh, the churches sort of, uh, you know, sort of being closed, um, I sort of, um, yeah, sort of went back to basics and had a look at the, the Commonwealth of Australia Constitution Act. And I just wanted to ask, is, 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 is that still the paramount law um, in this country? Is, that, is, is, the, is the Commonwealth Constitution Act, is that still the highest form of law that we have uh, in Australia? Um, look, in a sense, but um, its purpose isn't really to lay out laws so much as it is to set up the structure of government as between the federal government and the states. So it sets out what jobs there are for the Commonwealth government to do and what jobs are for state governments to do. It doesn't um, set out laws per se, but it allocates responsibilities to the different parliaments um, as well as setting up the executive and the judiciary so that um, laws can be made. Um, and so I hope yeah. that's a straight enough answer to your question. Yeah, 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 because like, uh, and and I thought, yeah, when I when I had a look at it, I thought, you know, you know, it's amazing, you know, that that in the preamble, you know, it recognises Almighty God in the in the preamble, which is, you know, which is great to show that we are basically a Christian, you know, Christian society of Christian values, and our our sort of our our sort of. Foundation law recognises um, recognises as a as a Christian uh, sort of people. So um, yeah, I just thought it was, it was really powerful. And 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 you know, section one hundred and sixteen, of course, which you know, sort of um, you know, sort of uh, you know, prohibits any uh, restriction on uh, religious observance. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it, you know, because I just went back to the the the, the basics. I, I sort of thought, and um, and yeah, I just sort of I thought it was very powerful. Uh, some of the uh, uh, some of the sections in there. Yeah, um, yeah. I love the way in that preamble, um, it's phrased this way: humbly relying on the blessing of Almighty God. And um, I think that's a really 
good instruction manual for, for representatives in our parliament too, you know. If we do it humbly and we do it um, relying on his blessing, not believing that the power is in our hands, but that we are um, mere custodians for the Australian people um, to do it in his name, then we will get most things right. Absolutely. Very good. Thank you so much for your call, Darshan. We've got some other calls to get to before we wrap up Thanks, today. Darshan. But uh, please call through any time you want to chat. 1-800-316-316. And we've got Kath from Batlow in New South Wales. How are you, Kath? Hello. How are you? Very hey, good. Kath. Have you got a question or a comment for Amanda? Uh, yes. Hello, Amanda. I was just uh, considering um, some time ago when we had um, the... Uh, vote on the gay marriage in yeah. Australia and um, mm-hmm. I, I was um, a bit dismayed really that um, it got over the line because um, I don't know if I'm mistaken but I'm thinking the majority of people in this country are, would call themselves Christian. Is that right? Is that a statistic that would be right? Um, more than half of Australians um, identify as being a Christian, but the degree to which they practice varies, I think. Uh, Yes. So the thing is, um, if all the Christians had voted, and not even Christians, I mean, there's a lot of other religious beliefs that don't condone that sort of thing, um, it really shouldn't have got over the line. So it just dismays me a little that, um, you know, a lot of people just really... um, bit blasé about it, and it's often because they've got a family member who's gay. Oh, well, you know, they're, they're, they're fine. I mean, they are, they are fine people. There's nothing wrong with these people as far as not being nice people. So, But that's not the point. I think people miss the point. They get a bit, they get a bit frustrated and get a bit worried. I'm worried about the nation, of course, because there's also, also these things with freedom of speech where, you know, where, seems that everyone can slur a Christian person, but if anyone dares opens their mouth about other religious faiths, you know, we can we can end up in trouble. It just seems to me very uh, unjust and one-sided, and I feel like this country is slowly going down the gurgler, actually. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things in there that are really important. Um, the first is to say, you're right, there would have had to have been a lot of Christian people who voted for gay marriage. Um, and we can ask ourselves, well, how did that happen? Um, and as with everything, it's probably a complex um, composition of a bunch of reasons. There will be, as part of that, the idea that there will be some Christians who um, were influenced by personal experiences of knowing people or um, or getting confused about um, the difference between acceptance and affirmation. You know, you, you can accept and love and be friends with and appreciate and value somebody who's homosexual um, without necessarily um, affirming or, or suggesting that it is um, the same type of a relationship as um, a, a heterosexual marriage. Um, there's also in there, I think, um, some accountability we have to have because there were some churches that were very uncomfortable talking about the issue and maybe didn't um, guide their parishes in the way that they could have um, in, their, in their efforts to particularly remain appealing to young people and things like that. Some churches were uncomfortable going there and have probably, um, in retrospect, learned that just simply sitting this stuff out isn't an option because um, 
the cultural changes that occur as a consequence do have real implications for their congregations. Um, there's also in there, I think, good people being duped by clever marketing that tried to say there was a correlation between being um, a good accepting person and supporting gay marriage when um, we all know it's possible to be a good, accepting, um, tolerant, kind, embracing person of people from all walks of life and all kinds of um, sexualities without abandoning um, either your faith or the traditions that come from it. Mm. So um, all of that is true. But to go to the, the concern you've got about fundamental freedoms, freedom of speech is an issue. Um, a lot of the fundamental freedoms um, aren't being treated the way they once were. And in many ways, it's a product of um, identity politics and the way that it seeks to um, force self-censorship um, by, in many ways, weaponising legal mechanisms like tribunals and um, the ability to sue one another to um, you know, also weaponise the, the HR system in the workplace to um, change policies of, of government departments and schools and the like to make some opinions able to be expressed and other opinions not. Um, Well-meaning people, um, including Christians, often accommodate this because they want to um, seem accepting and they, they want to make all people feel good. Um, but sometimes the long-term consequence of that is that it undermines the very freedoms that make their faith possible. And what we know is that the very, very first freedom is freedom of thought. And if you can't think and choose yourself freely, what you believe, including your faith, then you're not really a very free human being. It's part of the reason... Um, that I, as a part of the government, have been working so hard to achieve um, some protection for religious freedom in this country. Mm. So don't give up hope. Um, there is a cultural shift, I think, afoot, and um, there are more people than ever who are developing an awareness of the importance um, of turning around this, this cultural aspect that has seen so many good people um, restricted in their ability to say what they mean um, and share their faith. Absolutely. Well, it's been so good to hear from you today. Uh, thank you so much for your call, Kath. We do have to keep moving. Uh, and uh, Senator Amanda Stoker, Thanks, it's Kath. been a privilege to have you with us on the radio today. Uh, once again, if people would like to be a part of the National Prayer Breakfast, it's being live streamed from Parliament House in Canberra. And uh, you can go to the website citybibleforum.org. And it is Monday, the 12th of October. I'm going to be joining in. I want to get involved in it. It sounds fantastic. And uh, people can find out more once again at the website citybibleforum.org. Maybe people want to host a local event in their church or community, invite their local MPs along to be a part of it as well. Uh, our time is up, but thank you so much for joining us today, Amanda. God bless. Thank you very much, and um, God bless you and your listeners. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Wonderful. You, you are in our prayers all the time. Thanks for your time. God bless. Thank you. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.